Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast sponsored by Zwift, the at-home training game that lets you ride or race with friends around the world. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to train for victory at Paris-Roubaix and has since been used by thousands of cyclists of all levels to reach their goals. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way up to the Alpe d'Huez. I'm short of breath because we are actually climbing the Alpe d'Huez. We are on corner roughly 10 and I'm joined with Maka. Maka, that's quite a climb, even we were <laughs> walking it. It is, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit cheeky, but we're almost walking as quick as a few of the bike riders. <laughs> we see a couple of uh, electric bikes cruising past. They're barely raising a sweat. But um, it's going to be a great day, isn't it? There are literally thousands there are hundreds of thousands i mean aso uh their prediction is one million people we've had incredible weather it's a midweek so it's not weekend but it is holiday period so it'll be interesting i mean no matter what there's there's just going to be hundreds of thousands of people on this mountain it's you know it's the one day of the year and it's not every year it's only every you know two years or three years that the the tour goes up up to wears and when they do wow it's a big day We are uh, going to try to walk up and then to meet the fans and so on. So that's going to be the podcast for the day. I'm short of breath already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's not a super steep climb, but it is quite... That makes me feel better. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I should be saying it's steep. <laughs> no, it is a tough climb. It is a tough climb. Um, it's not super, super steep. It's not 12, 15%, but it is constant. And the 21 hairpins, you know, it's unique. It's unique like no other mountain. So come with us on the journey. Let's have a walk. <laughs> I need a river. This climb, Maka, this climb is madness. There's like semi-trailer going up that hill. That's nuts. It is nuts. I mean, the other thing to you got to think about the logistics and operations of this event. Semi-trailers, literally, have to get to the top. They do it overnight, a lot of the, the TV uh compound and our truck obviously it's a big truck and it folds out but getting around the corners the hairpins the trucks are almost bottoming out they're almost hitting the road it's not it's not like a straight up drive and when you've got you know probably 300,000 people have been camped up here already it's not a clean road either you can't you can't just fly up it so it takes it would have taken our technical crew it would have taken them I think four or five hours from the end of the stage yesterday they wouldn't have left until probably 9 p.m so work that out you know they would have arrived at Alpe d'Huez uh, they would have gone into a queue before they could have parked and then they would have finally maybe got some sleep at 2 a.m we're on corner eight we'll meet you uh, with the Dutch corner hopefully with some party going on and as, as we walk there's a lot of nationalities and I just bumped into uh, some German fans you've got a keg of beers there's loads of beers in there hi guys uh, how long have you been here uh, we've been here since Monday so that's what three four days yes Days. Uh, who do you support? Bora Hans Grohe. Hans Grohe is, uh, I'm, I'm working at the company Hans Grohe and um, yeah, we are supporting the team. Okay, so uh, how, how are you living this? Is that your first Tour de France and uh, what's the experience and how are your neighbors? There's some uh, Dutch guys around the corner. <laughs> um, it's our second Tour de France. Uh, last year we were um, at Chambéry and uh, our neighbors are from Germany and Denmark, the Dutch guys. The Dutch corner is uh, really cool. <laughs> Last question, how many beers have you got? Because there are loads, I can't count them. 
Uh, the beer, we have well, a lot of beer, of, of course. <laughs> you can't even can them. Yeah, there's like three, four kegs. Thank you, I'll let you enjoy the race. Thank you. And Maka, here uh, near the Dutch corner, what do we see? The Australian flag. I know, Aussies get drawn to really bad techno music. And uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if I should ask you your taste in music or is it just because it's the Dutch that are here? I reckon it's the smell of beer. <laughs> it is the Dutch. They are just crazy. They are nutters. We love it. I love the dress-ups. You can't beat the pumping music, the dress-up, multicoloured suits, the orange everywhere and the beer flowing. And the dancing, the dancing's great. How are you following this tour? As closely, closely as we can. So this is our first stage up to Huez. We're up to Carcassonne next for the finish line. And then after that, after the break day, we're gonna catch that last stage through the Pyrenees. So this is, this is your first stage on, of the Tour de France that you're witnessing? Correct, first yes. stage, so up yes. to Huez. I rode it yesterday, love it, and rode it on a kid's bike, a little BMX kid's bike, all the way up, standing up. Well, you know, we, we, thought, we thought the, the Dutch were the nuts guy, the, the nutcases, he's the nutcase. Oh, so, I think you both are. I mean, how hard, you've hit out really early. You've gone first, first Tour de France, first stage, let's go straight to Dutch corner, but I'll ride a BMX up the mountain first. I mean. Yeah. 99 euro at Carrefour is how much it costs. <laughs> Good job. And, and where's the bike? Well, the bike's still I up there, but uh, I'm wearing a shirt at the moment, which is uh, a bear on a bike, and that's me. That's me. <laughs> nice work. Way up a hill. Enjoy, enjoy, and uh, make the most of it. And I hope your friends and families are following this on the social media. So it's too late at night at home, though. That's the only thing. All right, merci. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And then we fall the Dutch with the nutcases. That's nuts on a BMX on a kid's bike. Have you ever done this? No, no, never will, never have, never will. I mean. Look, the Aussies are crazy because we're so used to travelling and we're so used to going out of our comfort zone. And so in some ways it's no surprise that there are just a, a, a littering of, of Aussies, crazy Aussies on this corner because there's more just standing around as we speak. The next time I hear you about your derailleur or your cassette not working very, far, very well, I'll remind you of this. <laughs> totally, totally. First of all, problems. Vamos Colombia, vamos! Vamos Colombia! Nairo va ganar este tour! some fans here. <laughs> Colombians are uh, our legend here, uh, but not as much as the Dutch. And uh, we are on the way to a uh, Dutch corner. Crazy place. It is a crazy place. I'm a little bit uh, nervous, anxious. I'll, pro I'll protect you, don't worry. Excited. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can. I mean, the, the, the Dutch, Dutch are tall. On. They're a tall. Frenchman <laughs> protecting an Australian from the Dutch? Really? I mean, we're just rewriting history all over. Oh, gee, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, follow us. We're still on the climb. You're listening to the Zwift SBS Cycling Central podcast. We're going to Corner 7. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I just got to ask, say something. Jeez, I've been having a bit of a pickle lately. I know I went on about the, the uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Buffalo Grill. But what's the deal with you not being able to be a passenger in the car? Because for the first time, you normally drive yourself. Today, yet we had to go in one car. And you refuse to be a passenger. What's the deal? And you pick up a moment where I'm slightly out of breath to discuss this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have a... Get you a weak moment. Yes, I have travel sickness. It's a curse. Let me believe it. Let, let me tell you. Even if I take an Uber, three point kilometers to, uh, to the city, I'm white as a ship. <laughs> So there was no way you were going to be a passenger up out the ways 21 hairpins. No, that's what we're walking, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why we parked so far down. This is crazy. All right. All right, let's go and meet some Dutch, uh, some Dutchies. And uh, surely there will be some Tom Dumoulin supporters. Tom Dumoulin, Tom Dumoulin, Tom Dumoulin.
Maka, uh, we just heard a lot of booing. There was this, there was sky, but not even the bus. I know it was the team track and the mechanic, the poor mechanic. They got a tough gig. They slave away. They're the last to go to bed. They're the first to get up. He's driving the truck up, and he gets booed from the Dutch fans. So, oh no, there's no, there's no gifts on Optoers. There's no friendships. It's war. Absolutely. And uh, walking up the Perduez, bump into someone we already had in the, the podcast. Travel ready, how are you? Oh, yeah, it's a lot harder walking it than riding it, I think. <laughs> how many times have you been up this hill, actually, yourself as a professional? Um, probably about 15, yeah, 15 or 20 times, yeah. We can, uh, we... One year we did it twice, the Tour de France, thought we needed to do it again just in case it didn't hurt us enough. We can hear, like as we're walking, it's a proper circus. Does that feel this way when you're a rider? Oh look, when you're riding it by now, um, you're so completely wasted that you don't really enjoy it. It's, you're just tired, you just, you know, you're normally a bit hunger flat, you, you, you're not thinking straight. All you're thinking about is just getting to that, that flam rouge and finishing. So you see the party, you hear it, but it's just a, a tunnel of blurry party noise. You smell it. You know, everyone's been here for a couple of days, having lots of fun. And yeah, you look at it, but it's not really registering. <laughs> and actually... I've got one last question. Even on Dutch Corner, because it seems crazy. Was it the same in your days? Yes. Yeah, I think it's getting crazier and crazier. Um, and probably by the time I came through, maybe half of them had fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll let you walk up. No worries. Thanks. So, Maka, we've uh, pretty much reached the top. Uh, very interesting uh, walk up. But, boy, this is a hard, hard, hard walk through. It's a hard, uh, yeah, it's a hard climb. It's, um, it's long. We've talked about it. It's, it's famous. It's the most famous mountain in the world, really, for cycling, that is. And today, it hasn't disappointed, has it? I mean, the crowds are up here in numbers. And it's a midweek. It's midweek. It's not even a weekend. I know it is the holiday period, but still, what do all these people do? They got jobs? What's going on? Yeah, it's, inc it's incredible. Okay, I hope you enjoyed uh, this first part of the podcast. We'll take a short break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, wrap up the stage, the proper cycling. You're listening to the Zwift Cycling Central Podcast. Don't go anywhere. If riding indoors sounds dull, there's something really exciting happening with Zwift. They've turned indoor training into a seriously fun experience. Log on and you'll find endless kilometres of road to ride. It's easy too. Use your computer or tablet and you can charge through jungles, ride through a volcano and go for the jersey as you climb epic mountains. They recently released Alp de Zwift, a 1,000 metre plus climb inspired by the iconic Alp d'Huez the end of stage 12. If you want to ride the route the pros do, all from your home, go on Zwift. Level up your training with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back the welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast with uh, Dev McKenzie and uh, what a stage we uh, just experienced. And in the end, Garrett Thomas won it. Unbelievable. Garrett Thomas won it. Attacking, attacking from from all of the sort of GC favourites. Uh, you know, Roman Roman Bardet tried his hand, didn't he? Uh, when they came past Dutch Corner, he had a, a bit of a lead there. 
He was booed d'ailleurs. He was booed on Dutch Corner. We were there. A Frenchman, a Frenchman on French soil in France's biggest race, the world's biggest bike race, gets booed <laughs> by Dutch. <laughs> Who would have thought? But um, so, what do you make of uh, of this uh, situation now? Because we have Garen Thomas in yellow, we've got Froome uh, that is just right behind him, and then of course this is where the battle for the tour is going to be. Well, Froome tried to attack. He tried a number of times to attack, couldn't, could not unshackle himself from Dumoulin, Nibali. But poor old Nibali got taken out by a moto, so that's not good news. And we're waiting to hear about that. Let's hope he's okay. Um, Froome couldn't drop the others and from what we can see it looks like Froome's been given the free rein to attack uh Garrett Thomas hasn't he's in yellow I don't think he needs to either but gee it's a funny tactic and all I can say is the closer we go to Paris with Garrett Thomas in yellow do you think he's going to want to give it up forget about forget about teammates teamwork yeah he's loyal he's super loyal but do you reckon he's going to want to give that yellow up I, I would say no, because uh, he's probably has one chance in his life right now to win the Tour de France. And, you know, when you have one chance to win the Tour de France, you try to pick that chance. They don't come around. Chris Froome's the exception, that, you know, and, and there's not too many, is there? Cadell Evans, he had, he had a few chances and he had a couple of good cracks and he was second twice. And then he had one really great year and he won the race and everything went right. And for Geraint Thomas, so far, everything is going right for him, isn't it? And... He's got that buffer because of that stage one or stage two split. He was in that front split that day. Chris Froome, Richie Port, sadly gone now, but a lot of those other riders, Vincenzo Nibley, they all missed it through the crash. So Garrett Thomas, everything has gone well for him. And that's what's got him that buffer, plus the fact that he's riding well. And But two stage wins, and he's won on the mighty Alpe d'Huez. I mean... This, this makes it interesting now. Is it a battle between the Sky Riders, maybe? Do you think that, uh, I mean, what's the politics at Sky? You, you've been a rider, you've been a professional rider. I'm not asking you what they should do, but what are they doing right now, do you think? How do you read that situation? Because uh, you've got Garen Thomas in yellow, and he's got, I mean, before you win tours by seconds, he's got minutes nearly minutes he's got a minute and a bit on it he's got nearly minutes uh, with, a, with an S on it uh, <laughs> leading on, on Froome and the second is on the verge of being one of the biggest success in the history of cycling with holding the, the, uh, the Giro the Vuelta and the Tour de France at the same time and winning his fifth Tour de France I mean there's a bit of a headache for Sky Oh, you've just hit it on the head you, and, you, and you've summed it all up. That, and that's what I was going to say. You've taken the words out of my mouth. Chris Froome is looking to make history. He's looking on a number of things. The three grand tours, as you mentioned, number five. But then you've got a guy who, you know, he's well within his rights to go for this. What a loyal teammate he's been to Chris Froome over the years. I mean, gee. So, gee, ha, 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 get it. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, so... So back to your question, I don't know. I don't know what tactics will be played out. I th well, what I think is, is, is that they're respecting Chris Froome's, uh, Chris Froome vying for number five. And Geraint Thomas won't follow. He'll, if Chris Froome attacks, it's up to the other riders to chase. But I think it'd be, wouldn't it be, I think it'd be a real shame if, if Chris Froome attacks suddenly and they all look at each other. Geraint Thomas is stuck. He has to then wait. He has to then follow. He doesn't. He can't chase his teammate, can he? So I think it's. I think it should be flipped. 
I don't think Chris Froome should attack. I don't think he should attack. They've got the yellow jersey. So he's attacking his own teammate. Yes, he's attacking the other riders, but he sits in second place. Now, the only other side to that is, and that Sky will justify this, and look, if I was a team director, maybe I would as well. Tom Dumoulin is so close to Chris Froome, he's too close because he could win this penultimate time trial. We know, I know he's going to get through all the mountains, but he could win the penultimate time trial and he could trump both of them. Uh, Garrett Thomas and Chris Froome so in some way you can argue that in some part you can argue that Chris Froome needs to put some distance between himself and Tom Dumoulin I mean th those next few stages will be so interesting to see how much uh, Garrett Thomas can actually control this and then probably play the politics in his team because he's not the leader of that team but we don't know the relationship he's got with other riders. We don't know how much of a, of a coup d'etat he could actually do in that team. Well, look, I'm, 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 I don't want to quote stuff I haven't seen, but I've heard it second or third hand, and I think it was one of our other colleagues here uh, said something that Bradley Wiggins gave Garrett Thomas a big thumbs up yeah, you know, on social media. Well done, more or less. Not in those words, but more or less. So he's, he's pro Garrett Thomas. Now, uh, Bradley Wiggins... Uh, That's not necessarily a big help for Sky. No, 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 no. And do you think he's stirring... Do you think he's got a big pot at home and stirring it? I reckon he is. I reckon he's stirring that pot and he's loving it. And he's adding ingredients too, possibly. So, because we know the, the relationship, friendship with himself and Chris Froome, it was butchered years ago uh, at the Tour de France and it's never been healed. And they're not mates, end of story. And they're both, they would both admit that. So, and then the other side is... No matter how much of a team role you play now, and no matter how much team decisions are made, there's this little bloke in Garrett Thomas's head saying, you are getting closer to winning the race. Do you think his partner, do you think his parents, do you think his really close mates outside of cycling are saying, yeah, you should be doing, yeah, that's good, G. Do the right thing. Do the, do the right thing for Chris. No way. No way. Do you think... Is he talking to them? Maybe not. Maybe they're keeping abreast of it. I'd be interested in that. But you can, anyone, anyone in this situation, you are going to want to win the Tour de France. And he's, he's just won two Alpine stages. There's only, there's only three big ones. He's won two of them. He's obviously flying. Do you know what? We thought that Tour was going to be dull. It's nothing but dull. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we, we, we thought that, didn't we? When Richie crashed out and then there's a few other things happened. However, now it's turning exciting of something that we didn't expect within one team not multiple teams it's within one team that's what all the talking is now and that's what we're talking about absolutely it's time now to have a look at uh, uh, what's coming up tonight on SBS and on the Tour de France Maca uh, tonight we have a stage from Bourdoisan to Valence 169 kilometers and 500 meters I'm saying the 500 meters because uh, as you mentioned off mic it's a stage for the opportunists and this something those 500 meters might might, might, might end up being very important at the end. Yes, maybe. Um, look, it's, it's one of, it's the first now of a transitional day, or transitional days, I should say, that take us across the country to, you guessed it, more mountains, the Pyrenees. So this is a chance now for riders that have been hanging in since the start. They're not sprinters. They've been working for their, their sprint trains. Uh, then they've suffered through the mountains and now they get an opportunity. Um, riders like Simon Gerrans, for example. Gero, you know, he's free to fly. Uh, with Richie, Richie poured out. TJ's a big chunk of time down. Greg Van Avermaet, they supported in the first eight days. 
now this is an opportunity for someone like Simon Goins. And it's funny you mentioned Simon Goins because uh, um, you're right, since Richie Porte has gone, we sort of were thinking at the beginning that it could potentially be the last tour for Simon Goins, uh, his last season, we're not sure yet. But when we see what Chavanel has been doing, celebrating his last tour, maybe, maybe... Gero should be doing the same and try to light up some flares and try to go home with a, with a victory. You mean like physical flares or like you mean physical ability? Like any kind of flares, whatever that pumps him up uh, up the stage. Yeah, totally. No, look, he should. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to him in the last few days. I just wonder how he's feeling. You know, he's not getting any younger, Simon, and he is certainly towards the end of his career. The, the rumours are rife that he will retire at the end of the year, but he hasn't confirmed it. So, but he, he'd be motivated. You don't come to the Tour de France unless you're not motivated. And he's a true pro. Uh, so, but he's not the only one, you know. The, the problem is he'll have some young guys snapping at his heels who are opportunists as well. And they've been waiting for their time. And not just Aussies. There's, there's plenty of Europeans and foreigners in this race. Uh, that will be, you know, looking for this stage to go, right, I'm going in that breakaway. It's actually probably far too many riders to mention in this podcast on, on who, because it's completely open uh, tomorrow. And it's almost, uh, you know, when you're in charge, uh, when you're going for the GC or you're going for the sprint, this is the kind of stages where you just go and say, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can have a bit of a rest and let somebody else do the, do the work in. Yeah, it's uh, you're right, and there are there are too many that we have to uh, mention or, or could mention, so we can't mention we won't mention any more. But these are the hard these sometimes are the hardest stages to win, believe it or not. Only because okay, we, you say Alpe d'Huez or these big mountain stages, of course they're hard to win, but there's only a select group, and for the climbers who do win, it's their forte, and they've only got to beat so many others. They don't have to beat a whole peloton. A day like this stage, these opportunist stages, you know, there's 50, 60 riders that are desperate, that are hungry, riders that are out of a contract, domestiques who've lost their sprinters or lost their GC guys who are now like, this is my opportunity to do something. And then this whole question mark about which team will be there next year. BMC folding, there's uh, rumours and question mark around Dimension Data. Uh, there's, there's a whole new breed of teams that want to knock at the door. I guess so, lots of the riders in those teams, not maybe that the, the pointy end of those teams, but want to show they exist if they could be selected even somewhere else next year. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um it's it's true. It's a look. It's a war of attrition, and it's a it's a little bit of dog eat dog. And you know, I think you'll see these riders. Teams will still be racing as teams, but the teams like you mentioned that could be stopping at the end of the year. There's 30 riders, for example, on BMC. Um, not all 30 riders will get a contract next year. Some are moving on. Some are, you know, the, the ones like Richie Port. They've probably got contracts signed, sealed, and delivered. And then you've got other riders on there who haven't done a lot this year results-wise, or they've been domestiques, they've been pretty good, but they haven't been standout. They'd be good on a team, but so would... There's 30 of them. You know, there's 30 of those guys to choose from per team. So it's it's uh, it's crunch time. We can hear the background noise. We're still on the Alpe d'Huez, uh, but we took a rest to complete uh, this podcast. Uh, how awesome of a day have we just had, honestly? It's been fantastic. <laughs> we probably sound a bit tired. I know I am. It's been... It's been pretty hectic from the minute we got here. We walked like 10k uphill. We did. We walked 10k uphill. We walked 10k downhill. And we've propped on top, uh, you know, just enjoying the atmosphere. Uh, the crowds are sticking around. It's just sensational. And the weather, we keep talking about it, but how good is it? 
Uh, it's disgusting, disgustingly good. Anyway, thank you, Maka, for uh, joining this podcast. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Well done, see you then. And uh, this is it for the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast uh, for today. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on sbs.com.au slash TDF or by uh, scheduling a ride. And there are rides uh, throughout the day, including the Alp de Zwift, uh, the copy of the Alp de Duez that we just booked, uh, Maka and I, today on Zwift. Check them out with their several rides every day. Until uh, tomorrow for this uh, transitional stage, it's bye for now. If you're like most cycling fans, you're watching the tour action at home. Here's another way to get your cycling fix. Ride on Zwift. Used by cyclists at all levels, from newcomers to the pro peloton, Zwift goes beyond indoor training. It's a beautiful virtual world of jungles, countryside, and Alpe de Zwift, inspired by the Stage 12 Alpe d'Huez. You'll also find loads of group rides and group workouts to join every day. The one you don't want to miss is the SBS podcast ride, where you can listen while you pedal. Learn more at Zwift.com or find the SBS podcast ride on the Zwift event schedule. During the tour, we'll be hosting rides every day. See you on Zwift.